passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports. Brought to you by JohnnyT-Shirt.com, the go-to provider for all your Tar Heel gear. Welcome to the Inside Carolina podcast. I'm your host, Tommy Ashley, joined by Michael Brooker and Dewey Burke. Of course, that makes it a post-game podcast. Florida State 69-66, ACC semifinals on a Friday night. Dewey Burke, I'll come to you first. Carolina just, you know, they were over the hump, and then they kind of slid back down the hill. Um, Couldn't make free throws when it matters. Had several bad possessions there at the end. Florida State just a little too tough for Carolina tonight. Yeah, I mean, we overcame an abysmal first half where they really punked us physically and we didn't seem ready for it. Um, but I texted you guys at halftime that I thought we would play better in the second half. And we did. Um, I'm sure coach got on him and, and challenged him. And uh, we saw some shots go in, took care of the ball for a good stretch. And then we got up five and then, you know, almost like we fell asleep because we went from up five to down six in a blink. Um, but down the stretch, close game, Anthony Harris's defensive mistake on that three is just inexcusable. He's never been coached to do that. I'm not trying to get down on one kid because you win as, as a team, you lose as a team, but he's the weak side defender with a corner shooter helping on a drive from the opposite side with a perimeter player driving into two of our bigs. He has no business going in there, gives up a wide open three. And we never had a lead again. So that's frustrating. I don't normally bring up the refs. I thought they were abysmal. I thought they cost us 10 points probably. But uh, you can't come out in the semifinals of the ACC tournament and play that poorly for the first 20 minutes. Yeah, of course, the Harris play you're talking about, if I'm thinking about it, is the polite three out of the corner. It's like how yes. does a how does a opposite corner three get an open look? And you described it perfectly there with the, the unnecessary help. Mike, the thing that – um, I tweeted and said is that free throws were eventually going to bite Carolina in the rear end. And when you lose by three and you shoot, what was it finally, 40, uh, 14 for 25, I mean, you know, it's tough to blame Dayron there at the end. I'm not really um, going to do that. But one for five from him personally, including the last two, 14 for 25 overall, you lose by three, That ugh, that's tough. Yeah, there were so many chances for us to, to kind of get over the hump there and, and step up to the line. And we've done a much better job, I think, and the bigs especially, done a much better job from the free throw line over the last, you know, stretch of season here. But tonight it was um, a huge part of the game that ultimately cost us uh, big time. 
you know, three point game, as you stated, and you go 14 for 25 and, you know, we shoot 23 for 68, uh, for 33.8%. And, um, you know, for us to be in this game, shooting those percentages and shooting that percentage, those percentages from the free throw line is, is pretty remarkable. Uh, fortunately, Florida state turned it over 18 times, I believe. So that allowed us to kind of stay close and, you know, um, disjointed possessions late with the drives by RJ into, into, into the trees and just kind of didn't really get much offensively, uh, clean offensively there late. So valiant effort, but just, uh, just not quite sharp enough against a really good Florida state team. Yeah. I mean, this team is something, uh, it's stressful watching them. Um, I'm sure you guys feel that as well. Um, having played on this Carolina team, but they, you can't fault the effort. And I felt like they just uh, didn't have enough gas. Uh, Dewey, let's talk a little bit about the second half because really the first half's not much. There's no need. I mean, they just, like you said, punked. I would call it a different word, probably not safe for F- FCC purposes, <laughs> for uh, podcast purposes. But in the second half, I said Kerwin Walton, and, and this is one thing, and I don't hear you talk about this, is Kerwin doesn't move a ton. Um you know, he, he, he shoots well from a set position when he catches and shoots, but he doesn't really work off the ball as much as he could. What was different in the second half that was a, that allowed him to get some of those shots? Because um, I think he only had one shot in the first half. We just we were more crisp on the offensive end in the second half. The ball moved a little bit better and we got downhill, which put Florida State on the defensive when they were on defense, I'm not trying to do a play on words, just we got them on their heels a little bit versus the entire first half. It was East-West. They were pushing us out away from the basket and everything was East-West from 26, 27 feet. And we got downhill a little bit more uh, and we were able to then put the ball inside. Baycott got going. Uh, we got some baskets around the rim, which invariably is going to open up shots for your perimeter players. Uh, there, there were a number of times I thought Kerwin was moving and had a chance to maybe catch and shoot. Um, and we just, we had spacing, spacing issues. Garrison a couple of times had been in, in the high post area and then popped out to catch a pass when Curran was coming off of the screen. And, uh, we, we just, we lacked flow on the offensive end for a lot of that game. But all that being said, we took the fight to them to go all the way up by five and just didn't finish the game. I don't know if the guys got tired. That's a reasonable question to ask. I know the statement is they're 18, 19. Why do they get tired? But, you know, at this level, at this pace uh, against big teams uh, and, and Virginia Tech was a physical team also, uh, I'm sure they were tired at, at a point. Um, but we just didn't finish the game and it's frustrating. Free throws are a part of it. And Brooke mentioned those couple of possessions late where they just put the handcuffs on us and we, we got a shot clock violation then essentially got another one with a, a shot that, went straight off the backboard and then RJ we got lucky to keep that ball on his penetration but we just had three four empty trips uh, at crunch time and you know that that was the difference in the game yeah that's where it comes down to having a guy you know that one guy if, if anybody listened to this podcast watched the Baylor Oklahoma State game prior to the North Carolina game Oklahoma State had that guy they had a couple guys that could get uh, to the rim or get baskets when it mattered late. Brooke, let me give you a, a stat, not a free throw stat. Let me give you a layup stat tonight. Carolina was a 10 for 29 on layups in this ball game. 
that right there, uh, given the how good they've been inside with the bigs, that is probably the most wow, maybe the most wow uh, stat I've seen all year. Yeah, that's uh, that's shocking, actually. <laughs> I mean, not shocking after watching the game, but 10 for 29, uh, 33% basically from uh, with our size, too, and uh, the way we normally finish um, much better, obviously. Uh, that That's shocking. And, uh, it, you know, Florida State's big, strong challenge at the rim, and uh, we just obviously got to be stronger there uh, and go up and take advantage. I think we had 21 offensive rebounds. Now, I don't know how many of those were off of our missed layups, but nonetheless – um, the opportunity was down there uh, to make those shots and to get some a uh, couple and one opportunities that we didn't quite finish. Uh, you know, I I kind of always go back and, and you're probably going to talk about this just just our guard play, how inefficient it was tonight, and it's been good recently. But Love, his last two games has been uh, I think what two for twelve and uh, four for fourteen, and just struggled mightily. And RJ struggled tonight, although he's played really well the last couple games. Leaky. Um, Kerbin was the only guy that was really knocking down outside shots. So um, struggle from the perimeter and obviously struggle from at, at the rim. And that's not a recipe to beat a team like Florida State, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, Florida State's one of those ACC teams I can't really dislike too terribly much. Coper Vika is one of those players that it's – he's not difficult to dislike, but he, he's a hell of a player and he, he played well tonight and was really the difference inside. But, Dewey, let me ask you this question, and this is something that – as a guy that never played any kind of high-level sports, I'm not quite sure I understand how the how it can be so drastically different night to night for a guy, for a player, or, or individuals. You know how how can you be really good one night and really bad the next? I mean, explain that to me from a guy that's played the game at the probably the second highest level. That's a good question. I mean, you certainly have nights where your feel and your touch is not there and you don't feel like your stroke, you know, the ball comes off your hand and almost instantly, and Brooke can speak to this, uh, it just, it doesn't feel like it's coming off your fingers right and you're not going to have a good shooting night or or your handle doesn't feel right and, and you're just, you're not dribbling as tight as you might. The hope always is, regardless of how your feel is, is that your effort is always there. And I was disappointed in our physical effort in the first half. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know if your question is directed towards a specific player or not, um, or just the team collectively, but, you know, the Virginia Tech physicality last night seemed to kind of knock us back a little bit. And then we responded and played much better in the second half. And then it happens again. And you're kind of scratching your head like, well, didn't, didn't we just come up against a physical team? Now these guys are more physical and bigger, but it's the same challenge. It's, you know, I'm right here in front of you. I'm going to challenge your manhood with how much I'm going to be physical with you. And they did the same thing, but then we responded again. We just didn't finish the game. So uh, it just, it's weird because this game was almost like both of the Carolina teams that we've seen at times wrapped in one, right? Like they went stretches where that's the team that beat Louisville. That's the team that beat Notre Dame by 50. And then they went stretches where that's the team that lost to Marquette. And so it was a, it was a weird game from that respect, right? First half Caleb was brutal. Second half, he made a couple big shots and was key to our run. And then when we got down three, he makes that step back, really tough three right in front of coach, you know? Um, 
just uh, it was like it, it was like it was the two teams of Carolina in in one game. That's that's kind of the best I can give you. Yeah, I mean, and that's you know I don't really know exactly where I was going with that question, but it's just fascinating to me to see, um, you know, a guy like not calling out RJ. He he played as tough as he can, but you have a great game one night, and then the next night, not so much. It's just. This Carolina team, more than any Carolina team I can recall, has had guys that are fantastic one night and not fantastic the next. And it's there's so much inconsistency. And this led to where they are now. And for the record, Florida State was nine for 20 on free throw, or excuse me, on layup. So uh, 50%. Um, so, you know, making shots around the basket against uh, the defense that these guys play. Maybe it's a little different, you know, a little tougher than I think. Let's look ahead, okay? Uh, Florida State and Georgia Tech going to play for the ACC championship maybe on Saturday night, uh, given the COVID situations. Brooke, where do you see this team's headspace going into this NCAA tournament? I would think, from my perspective, that they certainly think uh, or they know what it's going to take to make some sort of run. Yeah, I agree. And I think ultimately you got to take a lot of positives from, you know, they got to feel like if they come out sharp from the get go and don't have these lulls early and get knocked off their feet or knocked back and, and then have to fight back and, you know, start the second half better, just just come out um, and be the you be the aggressor from the get go. Um, and if they can learn from that, the, the first two games, you know, the, the Virginia Tech and the um, the game tonight uh, versus Florida State, you know, and, and start the game uh, more being the more physical team and not having to re- be the, uh, the one that responds to the physicality. Um, if we can learn from that and build off a lot of the positives that we've had this last three, four games, um, I feel like we can make a run. I truly do. Uh, obviously, matchups are key. Uh, I don't know if we're going to be an eight, nine, or uh, I probably would fall in that range. I pray we're not in the Gonzaga region, but uh, if we're not in that one, I, I think we could potentially be a second uh, second weekend team if if the Carolina team we saw for the majority of the second half um, uh, tonight uh, shows up. But but it can't it can't be the one that showed up for the first half, and um, or it'll be a it'll be a short trip for sure. Dewey, same question to you, Carolina. I mean, I, you know, I tend to think this is a seven seed team. Um, of course, that's a big difference from the eight nine. Given, uh, like Brooks said, the the Gonzaga or even the Baylor, even though they lost today, yeah. those type teams are Carolina's going to be hard pressed to to stay on the court with those guys. But Dewey, where do you see this team going into this NCAA tournament? I mean, we talked about finality all the time. Well, it's it's here now for this mm-hmm. North Carolina team. I thought if we would, were to win tonight, we guaranteed ourselves a seven or better seed. That was just kind of my sense of it. I don't have any data to back that up or any reasoning. That's just how it felt. I really felt like if we could beat Florida State for a second time, and look, they're a good team. I mean, they coughed up the league, but, you know, in my mind, they, they won the conference essentially, you know, or, or damn near, and they might win the tournament tomorrow and should. Um, they're a good team. They're big, they're physical, they're well-coached. They've got seniors uh, that are, or at least one senior that, that is their leader. Um, so I thought if we won tonight, we would get at least a seven seed. And then maybe if you win again, get a six or a five, something like that. So I think what you zeroed in on is what we all hope 
is that they avoid uh, being an eight or a nine and having to play a one seed in the second game. Uh, you'd feel very fortunate to be a seven and play a two seed because you're going to play maybe the sixth or seventh best team. And, and at, at our best, I don't know that there are 10 teams better than us. You know, th- it's been such a strange season. You know, as you mentioned, you know, the Baylors, the Illinois, the, the Gonzagas, they, they're better than us. But after that, yeah, and maybe I'm leaving somebody out, Michigan, but there, there aren't 10 teams better than us when we play to our capability. And, you know, the reality is going to be we're either going to play up to our potential, which is not turning the ball over, getting out and running and utilizing our, our dominant size. We've got to make enough shots. Or if we turn the ball over, if we do a bad job guarding the ball screen like we did tonight, we could lose the first game. And that's just that's the reality of where we are. You know, I think I texted you guys, but right before RJ stepped up and hit those three free throws, you know, it's three and a half minutes to go in the ACC semifinals and essentially a tie game four freshmen and a sophomore on the court four freshmen and Baycott on the court in the most important minutes of the season to date. We're still extremely young, uh, but these kids are learning. Hopefully they learn from tonight that you can't have a half like that and you can't get comfortable up five because now everybody's good. Everybody's good. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see what we bring and hopefully we get to play. Hopefully there's no COVID issues. Yeah, I hope so. Uh, you know, the NCAA tournament is one of the most fun times of the year. And definitely if you like college basketball, you love the NCAA tournament. And I agree with you. And, you know, this is one thing, and Brooke, I'm going to let you close the show out, but I want to say this. This is one thing that's tough for me watching college basketball these days because if we were watching 15 years ago and Carolina has four freshmen and a sophomore on the court, I'm thinking, wow, this team's going to be really, really good in the next three, two, three, four years. It's going to be special to watch. And now who knows? Who knows from day to day? Um, given how things are. But anyway, that's just me being an old man, I suppose. Times have changed. Brooke, close the show. Your thoughts on this Carolina regular season, ACC tournament run, and looking forward um, as we round the corner to the end of the 2021 season. Uh, it's been a, such a unique season, but it, it's just kind of, uh, as Dewey said, kind of how this game encapsulated itself, just uh, maddening inconsistency, such high highs. And, and such low lows and uh you know and, and all when it's all said and done you know i've had several people in the last couple of days say man you know duke and kentucky and carolina really struggled this year and i'm like whoa, whoa, whoa let's not let's not throw carolina in there with those two um you know we have been you know maybe not your typical carolina dominant season but you know we're still 18 and 10 10 and 6 in the league and 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 obviously have played really well the last three or four games um for large large stretches and and, and have the potential to um be one of the best teams in the country so uh we're definitely not in that category but it has been pretty inconsistent and, and frustrating i know we've had some conversations and some texts back and forth and some podcasts where we've you know been been really frustrated and i know the coaching staff and and the guys i'm sure as well but um you know um i, I think overall uh, we've played hard for the most part. Um, I think we need to start games a little better, but, um, you know, 18 and 10, 
with the youth on this team, um, with not great perimeter shooting at the moment. Um, I've seen a lot of growth and, and some stuff that's definitely exciting moving forward. And, and like you said, hopefully we can keep some of these guys on campus so they can grow and continue to get better. And I think if we keep these guys on campus, we have the potential to be really special next year. Um, and I'm excited to see, um, you know, the rest, how we finish things off and, and where we head moving forward uh, next year. Yeah, I mean, you go from where they were last year to where they are this year, certainly building towards um, some success. And it's, it's a typical Roy Williams build um, if he can hold it together or at least hold the team together. We'll see. I think it's going to be a crazy, silly season in the offseason. But first, Carolina's got NCA Selection Sunday tomorrow – or excuse me, on Sunday. Uh, it's all about matchups in the NCAA tournament. We'll see where Carolina gets placed. Florida State. 69-66 over Carolina. Dewey Burt, Michael Brooker, man, uh, I learned so much, and it's always a pleasure. Th appreciate it, guys. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks, Tommy. Yep, sponsored by Johnny T-Shirt, johnnytshirt.com. Visit them, 10% off your premium subscriber, and, of course, rate us and review us and uh, subscribe. You might hear something that you learned. Appreciate it, boys. Thanks for listening to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com. Brought to you by johnnytshirt.com. Where to go for your next Tar Heel gear purchase. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.